Welcome to this MOOC podcast by the All Wales Faculty for Dental Care Professionals from Bangor University. Hello and welcome to the Supervising Registrant in Practice training podcast from the All Wales Faculty for Dental Care Professionals. In this podcast, we're going to be discussing mentoring. So we'll have a little look at what mentoring is. Um, we'll discuss why we're required to have some mentoring in place for this uh, student at dental nurse programme have a little look at how to mentor, why to mentor, and what makes effective clinical learning environment. So Debbie, what is a mentor and mentoring? So mentoring, the idea of it actually comes from um, a Greek word. It comes from a Greek myth. So the idea was that um, Odysseus was going to go away and fight in the Trojan Wars, and he wanted to leave his son Telemachus in the care of somebody that he really trusted. So he asked his best friend, Mentor, to look after his son. And the idea was then that this person was going to be um, like a father figure, a substitute father figure, somebody who would nurture, support, give wise counsel to his son while he was while he was away. So then it was much more about this nurturing, lifelong supporting role. But since then, we've kind of developed that idea a little bit more. And the idea is that the mentor um, retains that notion of being wise counsel, but you're there to support the learning for the student in total. So that means all of the different styles of learning so that they become this well-rounded practitioner that has the ability to apply knowledge to practice. So you might be asking why Bangor University needs you to supervise and mentor the student dental nurse in the workplace. Well, you're an essential element of ensuring the quality of the learning and assessment in the dental clinic. It's therefore important that you have the appropriate preparation to ensure that you're able to carry out valid and reliable assessments of competence, to also be confident in supporting the learning and also make appropriate judgment to support your student, especially those that are not achieving their competences. So mentoring can take place through a number of different routes. So you might directly supervise your student. Um, That means that you're going to have them pretty much alongside you, literally alongside you, um, and you'll give them opportunities to observe, rehearse and practice that phrase that we'll keep returning to over the course of these podcasts. So they might be literally right with you, direct supervision. That's probably going to be the case right at the beginning of the programme because your um, your learner is likely to be a little bit reticent and a little bit underconfident. And you might also want to make sure that you're keeping an eye on what they're doing. And that's absolutely right. But then as the programme progresses, you might be able to use some indirect or arm's length supervision. So indirect supervision would be where you're fairly confident that the student knows what to do in, a ter- in, a, in terms of a particular task or a particular activity with a patient so that you, you're, you're, you've already assessed their understanding and their ability. So you can say to them, OK, you take the lead with this next patient. I'll take the step back um, and I'll be here to support you if you need me. So indirect supervision. And then we might do something called arm's length supervision. So as your learner is getting towards the end of the programme, they are actually almost at that point where they are transitioning to becoming that qualified dental nurse. 
you want to give them a bit more scope. So you are going to retain the responsibility for, for the activity, but you're going to allow the students to go off and do those things perhaps without you. So there might be two or three patients who are coming in for a particular thing. Maybe it's a, a checkup or whatever it might be. And you say to that student, right, OK, you're going to be the person here with the dentist doing this next patient or these next two or three patients. I'm going to go off and I'll be somewhere else doing something else and we can catch up at the end of the day and see how it went. So as a mentor, you're not required to be by the student side all of the time. And as they become more experienced and with certain tasks, you can stand back and let them carry on. So it's important, I suppose, that we know where they are in terms of their experience and their competencies. So what does it mean to be a mentor? Well, mentoring means that you can help to structure the learning in a purposeful way. So at at first, if you kind of remember what it was like when you were first beginning your journey, you know, in in dentistry, you kind of think about everything is is so huge and it's so fast paced and everybody seems to automatically know what they're doing and they have this fast, fluid performance when they do things. And it all seems a bit mysterious, really, if you're a beginner. So you need to kind of remember what that feels like. And then you can take your learner through a structured way of learning rather than this scattergun approach of your learner thinking, right, well, I've got to learn all this stuff and where, you know, how am I going to do that? You can actually break things down so that they are taken on a purposeful journey through some different stages that allows them to learn in bite-sized chunks that set the pace that's right for them, that's using the style that's right for them, and that means that they achieve the relevant competencies and skill sets that you and the patients both need. So it's a, it's about making it into bite-sized chunks so that it's sequential learning, drawing on the experience that they've already had Absolutely. and then building those blocks up to make a competent dental nurse. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So the stages of that really are you need to think about um, organising and coordinating what the activities are going to be. Mm-hmm. So again, think about the patient's journey, what sorts of things are going to happen to patients, and that might be different depending if they're having different treatments done. Obviously, what happens to somebody who's coming in for an extraction is quite different for somebody who's coming in for a checkup. So you might need to think about those opportunities and what, and what those things look like. You then need to think about watching and observing the student, helping them to um, actually engage in an activity. And again, that might need a little bit of encouragement and lots of positive reinforcement. And we'll talk a bit more about that um, again. So you need to think about those stages and then you need to think about actually having some learning objectives. So the student may come with some learning objectives. So they may um, come to you and say, right, these are the things I really want to focus on this week or this month, or these are the competencies that I really want to you know, nail down because I'm not, not too confident with them. So they may come to you with some of those things, but you will also have a knowledge of the programme. So you will know um, what kind of stage they need to be at at what point. So you'll know that by halfway through they should be doing A, B and C and towards the end they should then be progressing towards you know other skill sets. So you need to understand the programme um, in terms of how it fits together for each um, student certainly. So it's important that you engage with the learning environment as well as being in the clinical setting and understanding where your student is at in their programme and also where they should be. Absolutely, because you need that as your marker. And also you need to make sure that you're you're giving them the knowledge, skills and attributes that they need to pass the course. You know, there might be some other stuff that you teach them as well, and that's great and that's lovely, um, but you need to make sure that you're giving them what they need. So that's really important that you understand the programme. 
So once the students actually got a little bit of confidence and they're engaging in a clinical practice, you then need to think about how you're going to give them some positive reinforcement and some feedback while that's going on. And obviously that may change depending on whether your patient is um, in the room or whether you're doing a bit of rehearsal before the patient comes in. And so you might want to use that rehearsal time away from the patient, perhaps in a treatment room or in another environment where you can give lots of reinforcement, say, okay, talk me through what we're going to do, how you're going to do it, what sorts of things are we looking out for here? And then you can give that positive reinforcement as, as the student actually does those things. And then at the end, you need to give some uh, feedback. Yeah, and that's important as well. And it's finding time within the day to do that within the dental setting as well, because a lot of dental practices are really busy environments and it's making that time and space for that feedback to be valuable. And it doesn't have to be um, a long drawn out thing. You know, it doesn't have to be um, a, a long period of time. It literally could just be a 10 minute spell um, between patients or at the end of the day where you just touch base and say, OK, what did we set out to do today? How was it? Have we have we achieved those things? Are there things that we want to work on a bit more because you've, you're still not quite confident and fluid enough in your performance? Are there things that actually, yeah, you, you're okay with that. You did really well and I don't think we need to worry about that anymore. You've got that nailed. Yeah. So that's great. Um, so you need to think about giving some positive but balanced feedback. Yeah, don't doesn't need to be all positive it does need to be balanced it and the cats in that right is quite difficult when you're working closely with someone yeah it, it can be difficult but y- you know you're not doing the students any favors really by telling them that everything's wonderful because nobody's brilliant at everything and similarly nobody's rubbish at everything um, and there may be aspects of their performance that they are particularly good at they may be if they're for example if they are kinesthetic learners they might be really good at handling equipment and putting stuff together and all of that but they might not be so keen to talk to the patient. So there will be bits that they're very good at, and you should always tell the student the bits that they're very good at, always. Um, But then you also need to think about framing things in a positive way. So you would say to the student things like, "Okay, um, when you did that, I felt that you perhaps could have said a bit more to the patient, or you could have maintained some eye contact with the patient, or you could have um, answered the patient's questions a little bit more fully, or whatever it might have been. So again, you can frame things in a positive way, but you can still give the student the message that these are things that they need to work on. So it's important that we structure our messages to the student appropriately, but also give instruction on how they can improve. So moving on to the dental setting, how do we make that into an effective learning environment? So we need to think about the clinical learning environment in its totality. And that means thinking about all the different areas that there are within the practice. It means thinking about where the patients are in that journey and also remembering that every patient is quite different. So some of your patients, for example, will be quite anxious. So they will need you to use your interpersonal skills quite a lot to allay those anxieties and to help them to relax. Um, There might be, for example, that you're going to also be seeing people right the way across the lifespan. So your interpersonal skills are quite different when you're when you're dealing with a young child and how you communicate with them and, and alleviate their anxieties and perhaps use some distraction techniques or something else to make sure that they can be in the right position and doing the right things. And that might be very different to somebody who's perhaps much older. You might have somebody coming into the practice who's perhaps got a disability or or has um, got dementia, perhaps. So it's about altering your approach to make sure that it suits the patient. So that clinical learning environment is about making sure that you um, help the student to feel part of the team. So they need to engage in the real work 
okay, of, of being a dental nurse. So it might be really tempting to kind of think that you need to do all of these things because you're quicker, your performance is much more fluid. So there might be a tendency for you to want to do those things, but actually you might need to step back a bit to help your student to do those things. So you might need to think about the timing in terms of the clinical learning environment, the timing of your patients and the timing that it takes you to do things and it might take your student a lot longer. So you you might need to think about that. You might need to think about being part of the team so students need to feel like they belong they need to feel like they are with you now obviously if your um your um student has been part of your practice for a long time or has been in you know in your area for quite some time they might already feel part of the team but they may be quite new they may have just come in to be uh, to do this program so you need to think about how you make them part of the team and feel at ease and the evidence tells us that until students do feel at ease they actually can't learn so it's really important that we understand each other that you know their names that you know who they are a bit of their background and, and what they bring so to it's the program. really important that they feel comfortable in their workplace environment absolutely because it's only then that they can actually start the business of learning yeah. so that's really important the other thing is you need to think about your resources So have you got things like learning packs? Have you got some diagrams that you can help to explain things? Have you got um, some journals or papers that you think might be helpful for students? Um, And that's also thinking about the resources in terms of the people. You know, who is it that works in your practice who's really good at explaining things or who's got a particular skill set that they are really good at that they need to pass on to the student? So it might not be you all of the time that's with the student. It might be others within that environment too. That's quite nice to know though, isn't it, that all the responsibility doesn't fall to you and that you can seek experience members of staff to help you to help your learner definitely and that's particularly important if you know that you've got somebody who's um you know particularly skilled in a certain thing then then ask them to share that wisdom you know share that clinical wisdom with your student so the other thing that you might want to think about is the culture of learning within the practice so what are you doing in terms of your learning and your CPD? Is there any practice development that's going on? Are the dentists engaged in any research, any trial work? What is it that's going on in this environment that means that everybody's in the habit of learning? And that also is something that's really important because learning isn't something that is just for the student. No. Learning is something we should all be doing all the time. And that concludes our discussion. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And of course, thank you to Debbie. Stay tuned for the next podcast from the faculty on assessment and competence. Also, keep up to date with us online at www.awfdcp.ac.uk and on Twitter at AWFDCP. Thank you for listening to this MOOC podcast by the faculty from Bangor University.